0: Hello everyone, I am Rashmeet Kaur, your host for my podcast titled Unsolicited Supply. This is episode three of a limited series in my podcast. We are focusing on sustainability and supply chains. And as I've mentioned earlier, this is me doing a short sprint of 72 hours of live preparation for my uh, certified sustainable supply chain professional examination by the international supply chain education alliance so they have recently launched this certification i'm in the very first cohort for the same this is january 2021 and i am sharing this journey with you all as i study for the exam so without any delays let's get started so today we'll be focusing on the uh, issues of the supply chain Uh, When I say issues, I'm talking about the challenges that organizations face on their journey while trying to implement sustainability into their supply chains. So we'll be talking about macro challenges, some business issues, specific supply chain strategy-related issues, and some micro challenges. So let's get started. To achieve a sustainable supply chain, a company has to address environmental, social, And economic and legal concerns across its supply chain. So, you know, this is very self explanatory, you know, that at the end of the day, we have to make our entire supply chain ecosystem sustainable in nature, right? So we have to address the environmental, social, economic, and all the legal concerns that we might come across, uh, you know, in implementation of the same. So by taking a holistic approach, you know, this reduces the waste and environmental footprint while improving the labor conditions and health and safety and stopping worker exploitation. So these are some important sustainability supply chain, uh, you know, um, objectives that we have to look at, we have to reduce waste, we have to reduce the carbon environmental footprint, we have to improve the labor conditions, we have to ensure the health and safety of everyone involved in our entire ecosystem. So the most widely used framework for implementing sustainability practices from both company and supply chain perspective is the triple bottom line. I mean, we have talked about this initially in our first episode, that triple bottom line divides sustainability into three dimensions, the economic, environmental, and social equity. Remember we talked about three E's in the very first episode. It is the exact same thing over here. So that's the uh, introduction part of this. Now let's look at some macro, you know, high level overview challenges that organizations face. The very first one, in fact, let's just, uh, you know, uh, summarize first five uh, challenges that we'll be talking about. So we'll be talking about the empowered customer, power shift in the supply chain, deregulation, globalization, and definitely technology. So very first one is empowered customer. What do I mean by that? Today's customers are not like the customers that used to exist a decade back. Today, everybody has access to information. Today, everybody around us is much more aware as a customer. So, you know, since our customer is much more uh, aware and knowledgeable, they definitely have low tolerance for poor quality in products and services. Quality is a non-negotiable and no longer an order winner. You know, their demographics are changing constantly. And they are requesting for a 24-7 service. And this has a direct impact on the logistics. You know, it has to be much more direct. The on-time in full delivery is no longer a benchmark. It's a necessity again. And you need to increase your customer service beyond that and provide them services such that their products are available, you know, in the least time Possible, So lead times have significantly gone down. Quality requirements have gone up. The need for customization is highest ever. So this is the one macro challenge that we are facing, you know, uh, as a whole. The second one is the power shift in the supply chain. Now, there are large retailers like Walmart everywhere. And they have become much more demanding and commanding. You know, so they they want to have everyday low prices. They are constantly focusing on the distribution costs. They want to reduce their distribution cost. And that definitely has a major impact on the everyday low prices. You know, and because of this thing, you know, there are constant changes to the logistics and the supply chain strategies. And that has resulted a shift in the balance of economic power. So initially, all of this used to be, all this power was accumulated in the hands of the manufacturers, you know. They used to produce on their own uh, calendar schedules. They used to maintain, it, maintain a certain strategy for packaging, a certain strategy for, uh, you know, all the uh, affiliated important functions. But now, whatever retailers demand, the manufacturers have to provide the same. So this this is another challenge, you know, there has been a power shift in the supply chain. Another macro challenge is the deregulation. Now, we know that our changing economic controls are empowered by creativity and competition. There is so much competition around. There is so much innovation happening around us pretty much every day that one needs to be very creative to provide a product that actually differentiates. There are more changes than ever in the product portfolios of organizations. There are changes in the transportation systems, you know, the controls that the government used to have on these have changed. There has been a lot of privatization because of which deregulation has happened. And this has substantially impacted all the affiliated industries. You know, For example, uh, there have been changes in the utility industry, and that allows for more competition. There are changes in communication industry that also allows for more challenges. And definitely there have been substantial changes in the financial institutions. And that has kind of blurred, I'd say the traditional differences and the increased competition. So firstly, you know, let's think of it from this perspective, there was a time when there were only a couple of makers, you know, monopolizing the market and things would run according to them. Go, The government would try to run things, uh, you know, in their favor, but now there has been a deregulation, privatization. It's no longer the government players or you know the organizations that are favored by the government. There is so much empowered creativity and competition that there are constant changes in pretty much every function in the supply chain. And that my friend is the third macro challenge. The fourth macro challenge that is also responsible for some level of deregulation is the globalization our markets are more global than ever from sourcing to manufacturing to marketing to distribution there is a huge global network now available and i would say a lot of global alternative have blossomed so it's not just one uh, particular geography that you are fixed to you have access to the entire damn world and that imposes huge supply chain network challenges and that while it creates a lot of opportunities but it also imposes its certain set of challenges for example in this pandemic economy we saw that most of the parts that come from one part of the world to the other part where we are actually you know serving our customers uh, the trade might just stop because of some reason and because of that your products may not be delivered on time So while this globalization has had its own benefits, there are certain risks that have been introduced as macro challenges in our system. And finally, how can we forget to talk about technology as a macro challenge? We are in information age and there is unrestricted and new access to the places in every aspect of business. You know, it's more of like my time, my place, I need this information to me right now. I mean, let's look at from a supply chain example, the warehouse technology has changed dramatically because of computer devices that are used and from the office to the forklifts. So technology has not left any domain untouched. And because of that, a lot of new challenges have been brought into space, which we will talk about further in each uh, segment of our supply chain. So these were the five macro challenges that organizations face. Now, uh, let's dive deep into this. Let's talk more about business issues. And then we'll dive deep into supply chain specific issues. So when I say business issues, the very first one that comes is the business integrity. I'd say business integrity, you know, integrity business has never faced the type of moral challenges that it faces today in the global economy, because everyone is struggling to be more successful. You know, everyone is trying to make their, uh, you know, uh, double their earnings every quarter. Everyone is trying to keep their job. Everyone's trying to earn a big bonus or they want to compete effectively. So the temptation to cut corners or maybe edit information, omit information and do whatever it takes to go ahead or get ahead occurs every day. So there are people, they they tend to, you know, cut or cross the line of moral integrity just to make sure that they derive some business benefits and they actually stand out in the system. But you know, it's important to keep in mind that without trust, businesses will not be able to compete effectively and it will eventually fail. So this is one of the major challenges. And particularly when we're trying to create a sustainable development society uh, with focus on the needs of the future generation, integrity becomes a very important issue that businesses need to tackle. Now, another issue that businesses face is what we call as the marketing and the customer loyalty now this is is along the same lines as increased selection and competition there are so many products available out there it becomes so difficult to retain your current customers or you know even retain um, or even look out for new customers smartphones social media texting email twitter they are making it (laughs) uh, very easy for every business, even a newcomer to get their messages out. So uh, your entire pool of customers is divided amongst multiple brands now. So figuring out the right messaging or marketing channel is a very key thing to ensure business success in the future. For example, if your business is not on social media, How will you actually reach out? I mean, there was a time people used to look at billboards, but do you anymore? I mean, the driver definitely doesn't look at it. And the person sitting next to the driver is definitely looking at his or her cell phone. So what do you do about it? You put those advertisements from billboards into your mobile phones. That is through social media. And that, my friends, was the second issue at a business level that organizations are facing. The third issue, which is also, I believe, the most important one is finding the right staff. Now, finding the right staff without exception, you know, every business executive will agree is one of the biggest challenge. Finding the right staff, retaining them and ensuring that they buy into the vision of the business. So... um, your thought process and your employees' and your staff's thought process has to be in synchronization. And nobody has any right answer for this, you know, how to get the right staff. In fact, I believe we are all trying to test all sorts of water that are existing everywhere around to make sure that, you know, we get the right staff for our businesses. So that's one of the major challenges businesses are facing at the moment. And finally, the one challenge which has become very important in today's world, especially after the COVID-19 pandemic, is problem-solving and risk management. Now, problem-solving and risk management is a major challenge for all the companies. And it involves identifying, assessing, mitigating risks, including the human and the financial capital, in addition to the risk associated with the macro economy. Now, uh, risk management, I think we've all been talking about making our supply chains much more resilient, making our businesses much more resilient. So what do we need? We need sophisticated risk management strategies in place that help us in contingency management. Now, the lack of a sophisticated problem solving competency among today's business leaders is actually limiting their ability to deal with the risks facing their businesses. Everybody is trying to solve problems, right? Because at the end of the day, your products that you produce or services that you deliver are needed to solve the problems of the world. And even then, there is a lack of, you know, sophisticated problem-solving competency or, um, I'd say methodologies. So here I want to talk about McKinsey's uh, problem-solving approach. They have a proper system in place, but does your organization have one? Or do you need to reach out to consulting companies like McKinsey's of the world to actually give you a problem-solving methodology? You know, uh, This is exactly why I believe that corporate managers tend to jump from one fire to another. Uh, And they depend on, you know, their existing customers or their existing executives to try to put out that fire. And in many cases, let me tell you, in today's fast-changing business environment, this is what ignites more fires. So you cannot uh, move on from one problem to the other, believing that it will be solved along the way. There needs to be a structured, sophisticated methodology that needs to be followed. Otherwise, you'll just keep on increasing the risks in your system or keep exposing your system to the risks of the market. Now, uh, these were the, uh, you know, quickly we touched upon the business challenges or the business issues that organizations faced. Let's uh, deep dive from here into some supply chain related challenges for a couple of minutes. Uh, The very first one uh, challenge that I want to talk about relevant to supply chain is scaling up. So for many growing businesses, a major supply chain challenge is scaling up. If you are a a small and a medium sized business, you already have a range of supply chain processes. What do you need to do to become a large size organization? That's called upscaling it's a challenge because upscaling is cre- it basically means creating additional supply chain pressures there are already pressures in your supply chain how how much further can you pressure your pressurize your supply chain now chief among these is is the need to support a large number of stock keeping units so once you think of upscaling you know you also need to increase your stock keeping units where you have to place your inventories now where do you get the capital from to invest in such infrastructures or systems. Also, it's an era wherein you're trying to compete with e-commerce and drop shipping businesses. So how can you actually scale up? Where do you get that capital from? That's issue number one title, scaling up in supply chain related challenges in today's world. And of course, the other challenge is talent. This is again a reiteration when we talked about uh, the business challenge of finding the right stuff. Our supply chain complexity is constantly increasing. You know, there is a constant need for improving supplier relationships. You know, there's a constant uh, competition that is entering the market, new technologies entering the market. Who is aware of all these new technologies? Besides just being an experienced professional in supply chain, today you also need to know all these new technologies. Now, finding that kind of talent is a huge, huge thing in today's world. And uh, that's exactly why we need to bridge that gap by constantly upskilling ourselves. That was the uh, second supply chain related challenge. The third supply chain related challenge is ensuring safety and quality. Now, many businesses trade on a reputation for providing safe and quality products. For example, uh, New Zealand, New New Zealand is famous for its milk products. Even in the overseas market, it has a reputation for highest level of commitment and product uh, safety. And they also have a possibility of traceability and transparency in their system. So New Zealand's primary products exporters, typically invest significantly in the traceability and supply relationship management because of this reason. So to ensure that their products are safe and the quality is maintained, companies are investing more in that. And sometimes it gets difficult to actually invest uh, in something that makes you stand out. And particularly that standing out factor has to be safety and quality. Uh, In today's world, safety and quality is no longer an order winner. It is basically a non-negotiable. And that kind of makes diff, you know difficult for businesses to control every aspect of their supply chain to ensure that they maintain the same level of quality and safety standards. That was uh, the third supply chain related challenge in today's world. Uh, the next one that I wanna talk about is most definitely the supplier relationship management. There was a time wherein choosing and developing constructive relationship with you know, reliable suppliers was something that was not honored as much. But today it's a never-ending challenge. Despite your some some of your best efforts, there will be suppliers in your ecosystem that will fail to meet your expectations. And you would always need to regularly check in with them and reinforce those expectations. Now, I know that uh, supplier relationship management needs cannot be entirely eliminated. So you need to invest in a constructive relationship so that you can minimize your micromanagement efforts later on. So, you know, partnering with reliable suppliers will help you set some clear expectations. You you will have constant communication to understand their challenges, help them in the ways to reduce their challenges and make a relationship wherein you can collaborate on multiple, uh, you know, situations of risks and ensure that there is an on-time delivery of products. And let's not forget that if you value your supplier as your business partner you would face least amount of issues and i say this from experience of working with more than 250 suppliers the suppliers that you happen to have very good relations with will do anything for you in any situation because you know because they know that you've got their back and you have been helping them run their business successfully over time you know over time of maintaining that relationship. So that's the fourth supply chain related challenge. Now, another challenge related to supply chain is the disruption. We call it the supply chain disruption. Now, what do I mean by supply chain disruption? We know that our supply chains are becoming more global, more complex, and when anything becomes more complex, the likelihood of disruption increases significantly. Our risks have gone up, and these risks, when I speak of them, range from political to trade policy risks to global economic conditions and even biosecurity events like the COVID-19 pandemic. These uh, risks, you know, they vary in severity and likelihood. Uh, So it becomes really important to consider which disruptions are reasonably likely to impact your business. You know, this identification and sensing of risk has become so much important since the supply chain disruption reasons have gone up, uh, you know, because of the increase in complexity. You know, I I want you to know that it is worth remembering that many risks are not capable of being effectively mitigated. So you can focus on doing uh, things from recovering from them after they have occurred. So you cannot mitigate all the risks beforehand or proactively. You can only focus on a quick recovery from them if and when they happen. So uh, that was the la- uh, one of the last supply chain uh, related challenges. And finally, I wanna talk about one bit on inventory procurement costs, you know, as a supply chain disruptor. So um, we know that one of the key factors affecting inventory management is the inventory is the ordering costs. Now, inventory procurement costs are a significant source of pressure for businesses that are facing rising freight causes we know that the cost of non-renewable energy is going up. Now, because of that increment, the cost of ordering pasts is going up. Now, since that increases, and we are in we have, we have like a global supplier base, the commodity cost is going up, and that is making it really difficult for organizations to regulate their inventory procurement costs. So. Actually, this is honestly speaking, to me, this is a good challenge because it forces you to shift or transition from a uh, non-renewable energy source to a renewable energy source. So it's almost like these challenges that we talked about are pushing you towards the next generational, uh, you know, activities that you need to take or need Um, next generation activities that you need to do to ensure that your sustainability is very well integrated into your system. And now we move on to the next set of challenges uh, and also the final set of challenges, uh, the micro challenges. So in summary, we'll be talking about five types of micro challenges. The day-to-day economical challenges, the supplier challenges, the socio-cultural challenges, process challenges, and finally, the managerial and organizational challenges. Let's start with the first one, that is day-to-day economical challenges. Now, what could they possibly be? This includes the high cost of sustainability adoption. Adoption of sustainability in our supply chains is not an expense uh, that easily comes through. And we have not really planned for it for quite some time. And if you're new at it, it's gonna be a big challenge that you face. Second is lack of availability of the resources. The resources around are limited of course, and geographically also they are distributed in a very staggered manner. So definitely, that is one channel, uh, one challenge. Another challenge is strong perception towards low economic rates. People think that the cost of investment when it comes to adoption of sustainability practices or sustainable products or raw materials is very, very uh, high, and it will not give you any particular, you know, uh, returns. So there's a strong perception about it, which I believe is a mental blockage that we all need to undo as this has become a necessity now. Another challenge is most definitely the inappropriate estimation of the you know, uh, sustainable supply chain costs. So uh, again, this is also a perception there have been wrong calculations and estimations done as to... Uh, what is the cost of implementation of sustainable technologies into your system? And, uh, that's one end though. It is true that it is relatively higher than the traditional methods. However, it's not that high that makes it impossible for it to be implemented. And uh, finally the high initial cost for environmental friendly packaging. So at the end of the day, yes, the cost is higher, like I mentioned. And, uh, in all, uh, you know, In all honesty, this cost is more or less towards the beginning. It's more of like a high initial cost rather than just a recurring high cost. So that one needs to be mindful of and change that mental blockage that we have. These are some micro economical day-to-day challenges organizations face when they're trying to implement sustainable technologies and materials into their uh, supply chains. Another one is managerial and organizational challenges. So let's try to summarize this quickly in like a couple of sentences. Poor management commitment for adoption of sustainability. If the top management is not committed to the goal, of course, down the hierarchical chains, uh, none of this would be happening. There is conflict amongst product sustainability policy and free trade provisions. There is non-uniform alignment of sustainability and organization and customer expectation. So uh, customers expect something while the organizations are providing something else. So this non-uniformity of understanding of uh, sustainability is one another major uh, challenge that organizations face. Uh, another one is unavailability of sustainability standard and regulations. Remember, we talked about the ISO 14,000 and ISO 26,000. Now, those are not exactly the regulations. They are more of like a directive. So besides them, there are very few sustainability standard and regulations that the organizations can comply to and get certified with as a starting point. So that creates a lot of chaos at the managerial and the organization level as to what needs to be done and what not. Um, additionally, there is an ineffective linkage of sustainability with existing process structure. The current systems, our legacy systems are working in a certain manner. How does one ensure that they link well with sustainable development goals or with the sustainability thought process that we have? You know, This linkage creates another challenge for the uh, managerial uh, level executives to work on. and. That kind of also adds another trouble that is replicating sustainability adoption strategies of other organizations. Since you don't know what you need to do, you start replicating what others are doing. And then in the process, you kind of fail because uh, every organization has a different cost structure and a different objective and a different way of doing things. Simply replicating won't help. So that's the second set of category of challenges that is called managerial and organizational challenges. The next set of micro challenges are supplier challenges. Now uh, we do not have effective reverse logistic systems in place. So the reverse law of products, which involves uh, repair, recycle, remanufacturing part of the uh, supply chain, that is currently a very uh, disorganized sector of the supply chain. We do not have systems in place. And if we do not have those systems in place, how can we actually val- uh, you know, map that value chain, that reverse value chain to ensure that recycling is happening? And if that is not taken care of, how can we even ensure that we have a circular economy? So that's supplier challenge one. Second one is uh, the lack of awareness of sustainable standards for raw materials. So like I said, there is a lack of uh, you know, regulations and sustainable standards that are available. So even if they exist, even if there are certain uh, available uh, you know, standards, uh, suppliers might not be aware of the same because they are not so popular. And this lack of awareness also kind of, uh, you know, makes the gap between a sustainability adoption and the current systems, you know, even, even bigger. Uh, and then finally, there's something, you know, that I call lack of effective communication, ineffective supplier selection strategies. So whenever you're choosing a supplier in today's world, I think we need to, at least for the new agreements that you are putting in place, we need to make sure that our suppliers have sustainability as one of their agendas to focus on, or they are into implementation of sustainability practices in their systems. If they're not, I don't think that you you need to invest in building a relationship with that supplier or even investing in that supplier because, you know, that will obviously create a lot of friction as you proceed further. So these are some generic supplier challenges that you face when, you know, when you are looking at adoption of sustainability in your system. Another set of challenges is now this is some one of... Uh, the most important ones in my understanding from a behavioral point of view. These are the socio-cultural challenges, you know. There is not effect employee training for sustainability. Employees do not know about the importance of sustainability. They think it's a far-fetched concept. And because of that, they have a resistance to such cultural change or the changes that are being brought into the system. And when that happens, it kind of creates a mindset, wherein they're not affecting effectively communicating as to what they are doing. If one department has come up with a sustainability initiative, and the other department has no idea about it, nor any sort of awareness, they won't be able to effectively communicate. And if you're not able to effectively communicate in any system for that matter, your projects ultimately fail. So that does happen. Uh, Besides these, there's like a couple more of them, which I believe are centered on employee engagement and empowerment, you know, Uh, uh, inclusion of employees in coming up with new ideas is the way forward. You know, we all know that it is the way forward. Organizations are looking for more innovation and innovation can come from in-house employees as well. But the idea is that we should invest in their training, empowerment, engagement, and consider all the human factors when it comes to planning. Uh, you know, any new system or bringing any new technology or bringing any new product into your uh, current uh, set of systems. So those are some socio-cultural challenges. Um, finally, uh, one set of challenge that exists in the micro challenges categories is the process challenge there is no effective framework that is available for the uh, you know sscm adoption so uh, there's a lot of complexity around any energy consumption reduction process or waste reduction consumption process. And there is so much complexity within the supply chain configuration itself. There are so many outdated auditing standards, you know, very ineffective performance measurement system, and you don't know how do you go ahead with implementing or, you know, integrating sustainability into your processes. So because of that inappropriate execution of sustainability practice, you start believing that the effectiveness of these uh, practices is not enough. And then you kind of lose interest over time, you know, for working on or even investing in any such thing. So all of these uh, micro challenges lead to what we call as the supply chain process failure. You know, we've had a very legacy approach till now in the supply chain management, you know, we have been fixing a single process to a single matrix and had a very siloed approach, you know, and siloed approach in my understanding might have paper excellence. You know, it might look like each and every department is aligned, but when it comes to true execution and functioning of all these departments together, nope, they completely fail, you know, fail. And the transformation that is needed does not really happen. And sometimes we try to even bring like an IT driven digitized supply chain system into place and we conform to the standards that are in the industry and everything. So on a firefighting level, yes, that makes sense. But then again, since our mindset is a very siloed one, we are not able to deliver the impact. Packed. We are not able to deliver the impact that should be delivered by any such sustainability transformational projects. And finally, you know, even when we are trying to um, bring an end to end approach into our system, we are doing it for a very narrow business segment. And that gets and, and that kind of, uh, you know, doesn't have the possibility of scaling up at the end of the day you know, ideally all our systems, 100% of our systems and products have to integrate sustainability, you know, but if you start from one particular segment and invest hugely in it and do not have the possibility of scaling up or integration, you are just making a good pilot, but you'll still fail eventually. So what I feel is to avoid any supply chain process failure when it comes to sustainability integration, there needs to be a harmony between operating system, management infrastructure, technology, and obviously your capabilities, mindset and behaviors. Now, how does one, uh, you know, synchronize these four to avoid any sort of failure? To that we say that supply chain needs rethinking. And when I say rethinking, there are rethinking in three aspects here. We need to move from a siloed function approach to a holistic process approach. And by that, I mean, there needs to be a decision level system integration. The organizations of extended enterprises need to be a part of the overall system. There has to be collaborative management approaches. You need to have real time focus, end to end visibility. And definitely all of this will be powered by web connected technologies. So that's the first rethinking that supply chains need to do. Second rethinking is uh, people think that we are selling our products. We have to change that thought process to the fact that customers are buying our products, which means it has to be more of like a demand pull, order driven, low to zero stock holding, you know, wherein your approach, wherein you are. Involving your supplier, having real time visibility, shorter product life cycles, market segmentation that is very unique to your products. So that kind of makes your product more sellable and that rethinking of product sales to customer buys will definitely pay you out. And finally, and this is the move, my favorite one. We have to move from a thinking of transactions in supply chain to relationships in supply chains you know we need to be more dependable reliable we need to focus on commitment cooperation collaboration align the companies uh you know uh, trust have proactive management within the systems and ensure that this goes beyond just the nucleus organization it goes even to the uh like your partners downstream or upstream so that's the uh you know rethinking that supply chains need to do you know and I what what I feel is that as individuals for example we need to be more on time we need to practice and plan a step-by-step approach we have to plan our every step and have a work step that is workspace that is very ordered and structured that you know these four actions when we translate them into organizational actions they become very important values as a part of rethinking process, keeping your promises and commitments, getting the parts and processes working together in harmony and synchronization, using time-based KPIs and reorganizing the flows in your supply chain. If this level of rethinking actually happens in your system, I doubt that you will be affected by any challenges that might come up your way while implementation of sustainability uh, in your uh, supply chains. So this was like uh, another, uh, you know, very different sort of uh, approach that we are trying to use here. Uh, We know, uh, I, I believe that all of this is not a foreign concept to us. We are very much aware of the same. We are aware of them. In, again, in a very siloed manner. We know about sustainability, sustainable practices and sustainable technologies and products. And then we know about best business practices, best business strategies. What we are trying to do here is bring the two together and just make sure that this integration makes our supply chains more greener. So we have to move from the thought process of having leaner supply chains to more greener supply chains. So this is very exciting. <laughs> Uh, learning process for me as well. I hope you're enjoying this and learning as much as I am. So stay, stay tuned, tuned. And um, I'll see you soon in the next episode. Uh, this is Rashmi Korsh signing off from my podcast Unsolicited Supply.